0: Welcome to The Local Podcast. I'm your host, Clay Berkland. My guest today is Jessica Floyd with Heartland Home Health and Hospice. Jessica, thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: (laughs) So uh, I'm going to let you start by telling me a little bit about yourself, where you came from, how you got into what you're doing now, and what it is you do now, because it's (laughs) About seven different definitions. I'll I'll <laughs> yeah. remind you if you forget anything. How's that?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely evolved for sure. So, um, yep, I'm Jessica Floyd. I am the owner of Heartland Home Health and Hospice. Um, I grew up in the Eagle Butte, Dupree, South Dakota area and fell in love with uh, elderly care. Uh, about when I was 17 years old, um, kind of working in a nursing home, I went to college and I guess at the time uh, the nursing homes paid the best and I was a broke college kid. So I took the best paying job that there was. And, um, little did I know that the nursing homes and that elderly care would be my passion that I'd want to do for the rest of my life. And so after nursing school, I, uh, went to Buffalo, South Dakota, where my husband was from. And I started a little independent elderly facility there. I had eight residents there and we did everything from meals and activities to, uh, transportation to housekeeping, the whole nine yards just there. And, uh, and then I got into home health a little bit there doing medications and such, and it kind of evolved into meeting the owners in that time frame uh, of what was Heartland Home Health, and I came and eventually purchased Heartland Home Health in 2019, and that has evolved um, from, I think I bought it, it was Nine employees, and I think we're up to about 45 employees now, servicing PT, uh, speech therapy, nursing AIDS, and respite care. And we've expanded our service areas. When I had initially purchased the company, it was um, Butte, Mead, and Lawrence County, and now we cover from the North Dakota border to Hermosa. And so we have staff populated all along there, and um, a wonderful group of staff that just encompass exactly the the values that I put in in elderly care. And so it's pretty fortunate that I get to have a large team like that with the same morals as I do. It's,
0: you said you had started nine employees and you're up to how many now?
1: About 45. Wow.
0: That's a for pretty, home good, health.
1: pretty good growth curve. Yeah. Um, I have very good managers to help with that because, uh, well, I'm blonde and I go a million miles a minute. So without them, it, I don't know, I probably wouldn't have that good a staff staying on with me, but I have really awesome leaders in the group. So... And then the home health kind of evolved into, uh, you know, we'd care for people for so long in their home, and then we would have to discharge them um, due to needing higher level of care or needing um, hospice services. And so once that got uh, pulled at the heartstrings enough, uh, one of my managers and I, um, you know, sitting at after hours and we discussed how I'd always wanted to go into hospice care as well, and so had she. And so that was what sparked the um eventual development and implementation of hospice. And so now we are awaiting any day our ACHC survey from hospice and then we'll be Medicare certified to service um, hospice patients for end-of-life care in facilities and in the homes. And so the idea was to always be able to, once someone come on service with us uh, for home health, that we would be able to service them uh, until their end of life because at that point, you know, the continuity of care is important and we know all of their wishes and we've built those relationships with the families and with the patient. And so it was just really important to us to be able to continue to care for that person until uh, they left this world.
0: So in the hospice situation, it can be either in-home or at a facility? You, Correct. You handle both?
1: Yes. Yep, they can be in the home or they could be in an assisted living facility. And we even go uh, you know, into the nursing homes and provide services there as well if needed. So it, it can be provided just the same as home health in multiple locations. Um, it just all varies on what fits the, the patient's profile and what their wishes are and what their dynamics are.
0: How many folks are involved in the hospice side of things?
1: Uh, there's a team of about 10 hospice employees right now. We're looking for more volunteers and nurses and stuff as the as the hospice grows. So will our team um, right now. You know it's minimal patients until we get done with this survey. And so once that gets done, we'll be able to hopefully find those compassionate nurses that have that end-of-life care because it's definitely a niche. It's not for everyone, obviously. I understand that for sure. Yeah.
0: Where do you find them?
1: Honestly, word of mouth, the nurses that we have right now are so great. And so we just try to find more great nurses like them. And so, um, you know, iron sharpens iron. And so if we have a really great nurse, we just, I, most of the time I go and say, find me someone that's exactly like you and bring them to us. And that's kind of how we've, how we've grown our team. And I guess that's why we've been able to keep the, the morale kind of the same amongst all staff. So Heartland, you know, as we grew in um, services and staffing, we kind of grew out of our office location this year, and we were just on top of each other. And so one of the um, cool things that our agency has done is moved permanent office locations, and so we actually have our own spot now. In Belfouche that we'd purchased a building and redone the whole entire thing, and that was a really cool team effort. Everybody kind of got to put their input in, and um, we gutted the entire building and built a conference room where we could have our interdisciplinary group meetings for hospice and meet with family members. Um, you know, if they a lot of conversations we have are uncomfortable to have in the home, so we've been able to bring those families in and have them have a warm spot in our new office um, conference room to be able to visit about their needs or their questions, concerns, and away from their loved one at times when they don't want to have those conversations. And then, you know, our staff meetings. So it's just been more conducive for a positive work environment, and we're pretty proud to have our own office location now. So come visit us at 319 Summit Street anytime.
0: If you're like everybody else, though, so you just finished building it, now you need more office space that's because typically ex- that is, <laughs> you, you never build enough when you start mm-hmm. out.
1: That is exactly what happened. In fact, when we were doing it, on our contractor, I said, is there any way we can just build this out a little bit longer? And he said, no, property lines. I said, well, it's already too small and we're not even moved in, and that's exactly what's happened.
0: We may have to go up,
1: huh? <laughs> yeah, we might have to.
0: So walk it back for me just a little bit when with the, just the home health side. What... Do people t- typically come in for the same reason and start at the same point in home health, or do you get them at a later stage? Walk me through how yeah, that usually so- works.
1: So there's a lot of different avenues you could go with. When people say home health, they just, you know, assume somebody goes in the home and checks on them. And so home health is typically a service that's paid for by Medicare or some type of insurance. And it's usually a skilled type of service. So someone who's gotten done um, recently, had a surgery or have an upcoming surgery, um, been hospitalized for anything, you know, a a heart failure exacerbation or a COPD or a recent COVID or something like that, that... uh, basically made a significant change in their current um, state of health. And so we go in and make sure that the transition between being hospitalized to being home is smooth and safe and appropriate.
0: It's not always they can't take care of themselves. It's just there are some limitations because of a surgery or something that keeps them from being fully functional. Correct. Oftentimes, okay. Correct, yep.
1: Or um, oftentimes they'll want to try it and say, you know, they just need a bit of help, um, you know, to to make the transitionary period good. Um, Another example of that is a skilled nursing facility. They may go into a nursing home for a period of time or a transitional care unit for a period of time, and uh, then they'll need to go home. And so basically, we're just kind of there as support and for services and um, resources if needed on what to do uh, to make sure their home environment is safe. We might do um, modifications in their bathrooms, in their living rooms, kitchens, whatever we need to do to make sure that that person safely is at home. And sometimes they discharge um, and don't need us any more, and that's great, and sometimes they'll continue to need us for ongoing needs, and those needs can be anything ranging from assistance with laundry, grocery shopping, appointment making, um, you know, helping get to and from appointments, um, or they may be physical therapy long-term, or wound care long-term, or catheter care, and so there's just a multitude of things that we could do in the home, but basically anything that they would need to go into the clinic for, um, we can do in the home.
0: Now, the customer chooses you. It's not a referral service typically.
1: So customers um, are uh, naturally supposed to be given a choice when they're in the hospital or in the nursing home of what home health agency they want to use. And once they decide to pick uh, from there, then the referral is given to us um, or we're contacted by the place. Oftentimes the patient or the family um, member give us a call and let us know. And then we... uh, get the referral from the physician and our services are initiated within 48 hours. Most of the time with the size of our agency and um, just our natural history, we're always out there within the next day of getting a referral just because it's so important. And if something negative is going to happen with that transition period, it's going to happen in that first 24 hours, uh, we feel as an agency. And so though the guideline is um, 48 hours, typically our agency is a 24-hour turnaround just because of the importance that we feel that that first 24 hours is in that period. So, um, you know... Word of mouth is is great. You know, that's how we get a lot of them. We, we just build our connections with our current patients that we have and, you know, Lily's neighbors getting surgery and she knows that Bob's there. And so she makes sure that Bob gives us a call before yeah. Bob goes in for yeah. surgery is typically how it works. And so, um, you know, our, our team is pretty good at building close relationships that are ongoing and we get patients back, you know, oh thanks for being here for my right knee surgery. And I'm having my left knee done next right. year. See you next month. Yeah. 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 So, so we get a lot of that and that's, you know, that's great. And they get to know, you know, knowing us and, they'll call and, you know, want to speak to one person and while they're on the other line, well, nope, then I'll just call back. And so that's kind of our, our small business aspect of healthcare because they don't call and have to press numbers. They call and they know exactly who they're looking for. (laughs) Yes.
0: That's the key to business is having your person. Yeah. Uh, which is
1: great. I mean, it just goes to show everybody's in it for the right reason. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a fortunate one. I'm 32 years old and I get to find something that I love to do every single day and most people have to wait till they're retired to get up and enjoy every day and if you don't
0: dread Monday morning you're a very very lucky person Yep, I
1: am for sure
0: uh like you I cover a lot of western South Dakota that's a lot of road time uh how many people can your folks see in a day I mean some of them have to be on the road half the time and visiting with people half the time
1: (laughs) yeah we route our staff um you know pretty that's a That's a beast in its own is the scheduling. Um, The girls joke all the time that that's why my brain is going to never stop because I schedule in my head or I might schedule it three in the morning it's just is what it is but um, we route staff you know according mileage is obviously a big thing our staff you know put on a lot of windshield time and a lot of miles some are in company cars and some are not that's just based on the amount of miles that they'll put on a day but um, typically our like our home health aides their visits might be anywhere from an hour to two hours they could be all day long and so we route our staff just accordingly based on what, uh, you know, if a patient wants to be seen in the morning or afternoon and how long their visit is and what type of payer it is, and then where the staff members live and how far they have to drive from patient A to patient B. So there's a lot of dynamics that go into scheduling, you know, hundreds of patients and staff each day of the week. And so staff typically have the same schedule, you know, Monday they see this group of patients, Tuesday they see this group, etc. And so uh, once they Once they typically get on a schedule or a patient decides if they like mornings or afternoons or midday, then uh, we just schedule accordingly, and it's ever-changing, that's for sure.
0: They have to have a pretty diverse skill set, I assume, because it sounds like they do just maybe whatever.
1: Yes. They go into some, and some are just to shower, and sometimes they go in there and... You know, Henry made sure that he had the housekeeper come yesterday. That he pays separately. That way, he could just have his home health aide to help him go through pictures and drink coffee. And yeah. so, you just—you know—they'll never know what they're walking into. And some of the stories we get called back to, and they'll tell us, we just laugh. We're always like, we need to write a book on some of these things. Some of, we just—some of the stories we get, I'm like people will not believe this. <laughs> Great group of patients we have.
0: What's your typical workload patient wise? Do you, do you even have a number? Can you
1: It varies so far because, you know, home health, they may be skilled, and some of our home health aides may just be showers. And then we do a lot of respite care too, which is a very unfamiliar term used to people who aren't familiar um, in in elderly care. They're oftentimes like, what the heck is respite care? And so that's a lot of, like, dementia care or safety care. Um, A daughter, you know, moved mom in to live with her because she was unsafe, but the daughter needs to go to appointments or has another job. And so we come in, and basically I I always say respite is – relief care for the caregiver. So we would come in and we basically take the place of the caregiver. So we would do anything that the caregiver does, um, assisting the patient, the laundry, you know, making sure that their meals are prepared and that they're actually eating and not just mushing it around the plate and then saying that they did. And so there that service there is getting to be more and more utilized because you know we we see this transition of of kids moving parents back into their homes and and looking for care like this and then dementia care you know it's it's kind of a niche in its own and it's hard to find placement in in memory care units or, you know, kids don't want to do that. They've made these promises to their parents that they wouldn't do that. And so providing dementia supervision is a lot of what our caregivers do. So the caseload can vary because one of our home health aides might be in a home for 12 hours doing, you know, dementia supervision and respite relief care. And the next day they might uh, shower eight to nine people. So it just varies very much, which, um, you know, I found most of our, Uh, caregivers, they like that variety because they get to change it up every day. And, you know, a lot of times I'll put them in on a respite and they'll call and say, Jessica, please don't make me stay in one home forever because (laughs) they like to get to visit with multiple people and be on the road at different locations. And then I have the next one say, can I just do straight respite? So the dynamics of the amount of staff that we can hire is pretty awesome because we have, there's something for everybody in our field. Yeah. So...
0: And if they start to get burned out in one, you can slide them over one slot and (laughs) and keep their interest level up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One cool thing about um, Heartland Home Health and Is that it's um, a CMS five star rated agency. So the um, centers of Medicare and Medicaid grade agencies um, in the US based on patient outcomes um, when they first come onto service and when they leave service. And so our agency is a five star agency multiple quarters in a row, which is a pretty proud thing that we are, um, we like to display because it's a smidgen, a small fraction of agencies in the US are five star. And so our agencies reach that, meaning that our patients usually reach their goals or they um, come out discharged a lot higher uh, independent level than they ever came in on. So our our staff does a pretty good job, and it speaks to the uh, high level of nursing care provided and physical therapy provided by our staff.
0: My guest today is Jessica Floyd, owner of Heartland Home Health and Hospice. Uh, Jess, you've given us quite an education thus far on what's your... Uh, home health services are Uh, and as I listen to you I can't help but think uh, you and I and everyone else are getting older every day so the the aging population um, probably dictates that you're going to have a job for quite a while coming into the future. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah I don't think there's any shortage I mean one thing none of us are avoiding is age and that's if we're lucky honestly so I always say age is not an accomplishment Um, you know it's it People are young and they think they're invincible, but i am safe. once you get older, if you're still going great, that's the true accomplishment there.
0: So the, the, the growth is going to naturally occur. It will. How big can you get?
1: <laughs> well, that kind of depends on the amount of great staff. I'm really not everyone that wanted to ever jeopardize our reputation for growth because providing quality care um, and good patient outcomes is at the basis of it versus growing in numbers. And so, um, you know, the, the numbers just happen if good ca- patient care is provided. And so far that's, that's been our, our niche and it's worked for us. So we're going to continue on that path. Um, good people just keep coming to us, which enables us to take more patients. And so we'll keep doing that. I know
0: um, the decision to enter hospice was a big one because that's a, a very big commitment. Um, it's a, not only a time-consuming but an emotional commitment. You almost were forced into that or had to do it to be a continuum of the service that you already were providing. Is that?
1: Yes, it, it kind of happened that way because we wanted to be the one-stop shop that you could come to when you first needed just a little bit of assistance until end-of-life care. And what we were seeing as the main need was that end-of-life care that was happening. And so, um, you know, it was a big commitment time-wise, um, developing policies and procedures and implementing how we would um, – take care of these patients as far as, um, you know, the the routine care that's needed, but then also finding the right staff that would fulfill the multiple positions. It's so much different than home health. You know, we had to employ, you know, physicians and medical uh, master degree social workers and bereavement coordinators and chaplains and nurses and hospice-specific trained aides. And so finding all of these right people that fit our morale that we had was was we thought was going to be a taxing effort, but it's actually turned out to be much more simpler um, because these people were just placed in our path. And so it kind of shows us that we're in it for the right reason and good things just kind of fall into place. And so it's really been great when we get our whole team together, you just kind of look around and everyone's heart's in it for the right reason. And I just, I, in my spot as the administrator and owner, there's not much more I could ask for than to see a table of everybody being in it for the right reasons.
0: In our business, we talk about culture a lot. And, yeah. You know, Finding people that fit your culture, and apparently you've been pretty successful in finding people that fit your culture, which is testament to the services that you're providing and the quality of care that you're providing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. I'm the fortunate one of the whole thing. I just, you know, it takes, um, you know, one person to believe in a crazy idea, and I guess um, I believed in it, and I had a really awesome nurse that believed in it, and then everybody else just jumped on board. And here we are just a few days away from hopefully being Medicare certified for it and being able to provide services in the Northern Hills and Rapid City uh, for hospice as well. So, I'm so excited to see where it goes. This is a a field where every day we could change something we're doing about it to improve and I kind of have to sometimes scale back a little bit and let the team absorb exactly what we're doing before I uh you know want to add more to what we could provide for our patients. But ultimately, you know, when we bring someone on and they just need assistance because they can't get down to their uh basement anymore maybe to do their laundry and we're building that rapport on the home care end with them and then uh, you know, providing minimal services. And by the time they get to needing, you know, a surgery or more home health, uh, skilled services, all those relationships are already there with the family. And so we have just kind of in turn become, tried to become this one-stop shop for folks to be able to, uh, stay in their homes with us for whatever services they may need for as long as they possibly can.
0: Well, one of the reasons I was triggered to bring you on, uh our family recently got to experience the continuum of care that you provide from the, the home health and through the hospice. And, um, I don't know how many of the staff that helped take care of my aunt were at her funeral, but yeah. it was impressive. they
1: they care. They really care. Yeah. You know, I, I can't say that, uh, there hasn't been a few tears shed a few times in some of our meetings where we're not around any patients or any families and the heart is still there. And, um, you know, if you can look around and see your team and see these how these patients have touched our lives, uh, you know, you just you get fulfillment every day that people seek their entire lives to have, and, and we get to do it on our daily work life. It's it's pretty awesome.
0: So as I, I think I have this down fairly straight. Uh, you start with home care typically, which is a, a lower service level. If that's the fair way of saying it, then you'll transition into home health where they maybe need just a little little deeper service and then on to hospice.
1: Yeah, for the most part, that's that's exactly it. Home care is kind of tailored to whatever needs that they may have. Um, you know, long-term care insurance may pay for this. Um, patients may privately pay or they have other resources that would pay for this. But that can really be anything that they need to stay in the home. And sometimes it is nursing. Um, and then that home health is kind of that more skilled set that those therapies and those wound cares and catheters and such And then and then ultimately the hospice. And so we've serviced everything that a person would need to be in their home. We can now provide um, all in all. And the other side, that what that led to, because, you know, one thing leads to another uh, in my realm, is that, um, you know, even though that there were folks that uh, wanted to stay in their home, there just was things at nighttime or, um, you know, there's a multitude of reasons as to why one would ever need a different level of care uh, beyond their home. And so that led us into more thinking that we needed to add another realm of care uh, into what Heartland could provide. And um, in visiting with my clinical manager and my clinical hospice director, um, you know, we had made the decision that in order to continue to make sure that Heartland provided all aspects of elderly care, uh, we purchased an assisted living in Spearfish. And so that way we would be able to, uh, if someone was unable to stay in their home, we would be able to offer them another service that Heartland could provide in caring uh, for them in an assisted living, which um, is also hospice uh, certified as well. So um, any home health and hospice can be provided in the assisted living. So these folks that we care for that are in their home and, um, you know, if it's a nighttime thing or a transferring thing independently when we're not there, that would put them at risk. Um of a hospitalization, where we would feel that assisted living would need uh, would be appropriate for them, then now we can offer that, and so now we have Heartland Senior Living, which uh, has formerly been known as the Sandstone Senior Living Building. And so, uh, me and myself and Callie and Lacey are uh, partnered up there, and we're excited to see where that goes and bringing a, a new aspect of of our morale into the assisted living field, also.
0: How many beds are in that facility?
1: It is licensed for thirty-two beds. Currently, um, it has uh, typically in the past only been uh, at half capacity, at sixteen beds, and so we are looking to fill the bottom up. And so we will be accepting residents now to to move in to the bottom. So um, we're really excited. It's that that's a great team of staff too. Um, so more more dedicated staff. We found that we, once we got in there and we got to meet them, we were pretty excited to actually come on to their team rather than really bringing them onto ours. They already had a good solid, a good solid spot to be in. And so we're learning from them and they're learning from us and they're really excited to see these residents be able to uh, move back into the bottom. It's a beautiful facility and we're just ready to watch it blossom down there.
0: I always like to take the easy path if I can. And As I listen to you, um, if I or my family are starting to see the need for some of these services, I don't really need to go figure it all out on my own. I think I can probably just come talk to you and you'll (laughs) take me the right direction. Yeah,
1: I could talk about this all day. And uh, every time I have a conversation about this, it sparks something. Oh, we could even do that and we could move into this. And so, uh, yeah, that's. The whole point of, of Heartland's name is to be the one-stop shop. So any questions they may have from um, insurance and to what services would be covered by what and location-wise and what would be most appropriate, um, yeah, that's, that's my thing. I, that's what gets me up every morning, and I, I could literally sit and talk all day. You like to day. the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So quickly, uh, off the top of your head, how many, what communities are you in? You started in North End and Buffalo?
1: Yep. So we start, we go from Buffalo, you know, if we want to include Red egg there, we could include Reddig, but Newell Vale, Belfouche, Lead, Deadwood, Spearfish, Sturgis, and Rapid City. And then the Hermosa line there is kind of where we, is our cutoff there. So yeah, it's, it's a wide array of uh, services and a vast area in Western South Dakota. Obviously there's there's a lot of land there, and our staff are populated all across from from Buffalo to Rapid City. So, um, they're they're flexible, they're willing, they're compassionate, and they give great care.
0: I had written down a question for you, uh, and my question is, When did you want? When did you know you wanted to go this direction with your life? But. It sounds a little bit like you haven't decided which direction. <laughs> you just find a need and you fill it.
1: Yeah, when it anything to do with you know the aging population is exactly what I intend to do for as long as I'm here. So, um, and I think that this field is um, ever changing, and there'll be more services that will provide that we haven't even thought of right now that will be in our future. Uh, And we'll find the staff to do it because that is just what we do. And so um, when we know we have a passion, we're in it for the right reason to do something, I just full-heartedly believe that the right people will just come along to fulfill those positions. And so the services we have here, home health, um, home care, hospice, and senior living, it may very well evolve, and we have a few ideas on what those future services will be. But we're going to build a solid foundation in the ones that we're providing right now and and go forth and they'll always um, you know be people aging and so as long as they age we hope that they call Heartland and in one capacity or another we hope that we get to care for them and provide the best care that they could possibly have to remain in their home as long as possible or assisted living if that's the route that their life takes.
0: So safe to say your long-term vision is still a work in progress then, huh? It is, yep.
1: (laughs) Anything with elderly care, I'll be there. So who knows what it'll be, but I'll be a part of it.
0: We kind of forgot your biggest job, three little guys at home. That takes a little bit of time off your day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does. Uh, Yeah, we... um, I have three little boys, five, three, and one, and they will turn six, two, or six, four, and two all in within three months of each other and so they keep me hopping um they love it, they cannot wait uh to be back into the the assisted living realm they grew up in one um Every day. And so never starve
0: for attention when you're
1: (laughs) (laughs) no. And they love handing out candy, calling out bingo numbers. It's right up their alley. So um, they're they're excited. And I just I appreciate that I get to raise them in that field to respect their elders and care for the aging population and know that, you know, just because they're young doesn't mean that they're um, can't care for people you know when they're when they're aging and that's that's a trait I feel like maybe um that quality's been lost a lot in our younger generation and so I hope to instill in my boys to to respect their elders and do the best that they can to to care for them they're wild and um i guess it maybe keeps me a little more wired because i can't slow down because it'll just get a little bit harder at home when i get in the door to them and they want to do crafts and play hide and go seek and wrestle and so, it's great.
0: Are there any other aspects of your business we haven't talked about yet you'd like to touch on or show us the secrets of what you're gonna do next? or you just <laughs> you haven't seen that secret yet so you don't know?
1: Oh, we have a few up our sleeve. I'm sure you know we the land that we um that is behind our um, facility in spearfish, um you know, provides an opportunity to grow into other aspects of care that we feel may need and so right now you know our team is analyzing what those needs may be and what the purpose of that land may become and I'm sure that uh, Heartland's name will grow there in some aspect and uh, whatever it is I know our team will make it great.
0: I hope anyone that listens to this has developed a comfort level with the uh, confidence and capacity that you have, uh, if they want to get in touch with you, where's a, where's the best place to do that?
1: So, yep. They can give our office a call anytime at 605-723-4663. And we always have coffee on if they feel like they want to stop by at 319 Summit Street in Bellefouche. I'd be happy to visit with them. I enjoy so much visiting with families and, um, previous patients, current patients, and potential patients about what our services can offer. And there's no better feeling than talking to a family member and realizing that everything that they thought is so, you know, bogged down in questions and um, obstacles. And I'm look at it and none of its obstacles. It's all doable for me. So I've been there and done that. Yes. And you can walk them through
0: it. That's a huge service right there.
1: I think it's silly to just not give us a call and ask rather than let it fimble in your head and get overwhelmed about all the decisions that you may have to make and we can just help sort all of those out and give you the pros and cons of each one so give us a call anytime and i have great staff there that would answer any questions and pass them along to me and i will be happy to visit with anybody in the future about home care home health hospice senior living
0: Well, this has been very educational for me and i hope for everyone else jess so thanks for coming on today
1: I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Pioneer Bank and Trust, member FDIC.